Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News, and we have two guests joining us from Iowa City, current student managers of the men's basketball team and women's basketball team. We have senior Luke Slavens. Welcome, Luke. Thanks, Michael. And we also have senior Brianna Menson, uh, who are both graduating in a few weeks. And this is a first because... Obviously, we have a men's uh, student manager on and a woman's student manager on. You guys have seen each other cross by, but you're not really related friends. And I've always been known as a connector. So I'm connecting once again, Luke and Bree. Hawkeyes, we're going to talk University of Iowa, but I'm excited because we get to not only find out about what it's like to be a student at Iowa but also both of you all experienced something. I don't know when the last time the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team were big 10 champions. Is that like a first? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you the last time that they both won in the same year. Uh Um, I was going to say, they talked about it a little bit the last time that's happened in the big 10, just like general teams. And I I think it's been a while since then, even. I think it's only happened maybe one other time, just because the tournament is a little bit fresher. Um, I think it was Ohio state. Uh, That's what I thought it was too. Yeah. Right, right. Well, welcome. Obviously, the goal is to help high school students and parents with the college search and admission process by sharing real, raw stories and experiences. Most of my audience and followers are from Southern California. They might think, like, am I going to go out to Iowa City? Where is University of Iowa? Is it all cornfields? Like, what is up with the Big Ten in Iowa? So I'm going to first start with you, Bree, because I believe you're from a small town in Iowa. Was Iowa your first choice? Like, were you born to go uh, to Iowa and be a Hawkeye? Uh-huh. So actually a lot of people around, like in my hometown, huge Hawkeye fans, a lot of them like went to the football games every weekend and stuff. That was a big thing. But for me personally, I was still looking at playing um, coming out of high school. So I played basketball in high school and then afterwards I was still kind of um, interested in playing. So I was looking at a lot of like division threes in Iowa. And then I ended up going to Kirkwood Community College first right. and I played there and uh, that's in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is a half an hour away from Iowa City. So I got exposed to Iowa City while I was in Cedar Rapids even more, and I I loved it. I, there's no question after Kirkwood, I was coming to Iowa. How many years were you at Kirkwood? One year or two years? I was there for two years. All right. So you were there two years, and you did you play at Kirkwood? Yes, I did. But then transferring and transitioning over to Iowa. I mean, step up, Division One. When when did the green light or the aha moment came that said, I'm not going to be able to play, maybe I'll be involved as a student manager? Um, so I I knew leaving Kirkwood, I didn't want to keep playing. I was kind of jealous of some of my friends. They had a lot more free time. And then I also knew like transferring, I like Kirkwood was a successful basketball team. And I knew I wanted to stay in Iowa and play for like successful teams and stuff. And then like my standard was just very high. And then I was like, I don't want to pay for a Division Three, all that stuff. So the green light to go to Iowa was uh, cost-wise and then just being able to, like, do a little bit more. And then my first year actually at Iowa, I was not a manager. And then and I ended up missing basketball a lot. So that's why I decided I was definitely going to apply for that job. Excellent. We'll get back to that because obviously you lived a little bit of a, a normal college life as well. Uh, Luke. 
what's your story, your experience, because you're from Minnesota and you said, screw it. I don't want to go. I don't want to be part of the U. I'm going to go hang out uh, in Iowa City and tell us your story on, 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 on how you got to Iowa. Sure. So my parents are both alumni of the University of Iowa. We lived in Iowa City up until I was about four years old and uh, moved up to the Minneapolis area. I grew up a Hawkeye fan, knew I kind of always wanted to go there. I did look at other schools, you know, during high school, but I had my heart set in Iowa and I, uh, you know, found out about the student manager uh, opportunity late in my senior year and just thought that would be so cool to be a part of, you know, one of my favorite teams growing up just as a huge Hawkeye fan. And so I became a student manager a week after I started classes as a freshman and have been a manager all four years got promoted to the head manager my senior year and haven't looked back and I've loved it ever since. And obviously this podcast is called The Student Manager, but for the followers and listeners that I have, not everyone wants to be a student manager. They want to go to a college and be a student, maybe be involved in other organizations, maybe like Greek life, life, et cetera. Uh, But if it wasn't Iowa, right? I mean, I I was obviously, let's talk about what attracted you to Iowa. Like Luke, if someone from California someone from a sunshine state, you know, we're, we're right here at the ocean, the water. Why Iowa? Sure. I, I mean, personally, I grew up in the Midwest. I love the Midwest. Like I said, I was just a big, you know, Iowa fan. I knew I wasn't really, I wanted to go to a bigger school, like the Big Ten with, you know, big football, big basketball. So I wanted, if I, if I was going to go to a Big Ten school, I might as well be one of my favorite teams. But yeah, I love just the athletics, you know, portion of it, but also just the people here at Iowa City. They're great. You know, Midwest nice is definitely a thing. And um, I just, I really couldn't see myself anywhere else. And Bree, like why, why Iowa? Obviously you're from Iowa, but how would you sell it to a student or a family listening from somewhere not in Iowa? It is like one of the coolest atmospheres, like the people around. And especially like a big thing for me is like I've followed Hawkeye sports forever so like the traditions behind it going to football games going to basketball games all of that stuff like the atmosphere is just so fun and then just like the setup of the town you don't always feel like you're in a college town it's just like a very fun atmosphere and believe it or not there are things to do in Iowa that's a great point one, one thing my mom always says she's from uh, the Quad Cities area she always says that when you go to Iowa City you don't actually feel like you're in the state of Iowa anymore and so I think if there was someone that was that was not from the state of Iowa um, that, you know, would make me think Iowa is just, you know, a bunch of cornfields or whatever. I think uh, that statement would probably uh, help them, you know, push them to go to the University of Iowa a little bit. All right. So, Luke, tell me your your one favorite thing uh, to do. If you said there's other things to do in Iowa, mention a couple of things. Okay. So I'm going to just, I mean, first, you know, like I said, big football, college football, that's for me, like my favorite thing is just Saturdays in the fall. There are quite a bit of good restaurants, you know, areas just in in Iowa City. Good golf courses. I love to play golf too, so I can you know find a lot of activities to do on weekends and whatnot. Bree, what about yourself? Uh, for me, like throughout the school year, uh, I like to go. Like we go to like a golf simulator. There's uh, surrounding towns that have a lot of stuff to do. There's shopping malls around and stuff. Uh, those are some of my big things. Like during kind of the school year but in the summer there's like there's water parks amusement parks around in Iowa and then there's like big concerts going to the fairs uh they have some pretty big concerts especially country music all right are you guys gonna be impressed I actually went to the Iowa State Fair 
back when I took my kids through, we went to go visit Iowa State. Uh, it was in Des Moines, right? And then we went up to Minnesota. But I still remember that Iowa State Fair. That place was packed of people. And then everyone was so proud of like their cattle, right? I mean, I saw females and uh, my girls, I don't think they would ever even touch uh, a cow or whatever those animals were out in the barns. But what you said earlier, who said Midwest nice? Everybody's so nice out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, that's just, like I said, that's one thing I love about Iowa City and Iowa in general is just the people. All right. So to get into Iowa, it's it's 84% acceptance rate. And, and you guys are seniors right now. I think, Bree, you are a biomedical engineer, right? Yeah. Smarty pants here at Iowa. And uh, Luke, you are, uh, it's like enterprise leadership, which is almost entrepreneurial leadership. You guys are both graduating. Are you coming in? Are you graduating with the same majors you came in with? I am. I determined my major at Kirkwood. I was undecided at Kirkwood. And then when I transferred to Iowa, I transferred in as a biomedical engineer. And uh, I'm not. I came in as a sports and rec management major. And I just felt like I wanted to do something a little bit more business related after my uh, first semester at Iowa. How are the class sizes? Uh, let's go with Bree first. I mean, your biomedical engineering, a lot of client or a lot of students and parents may want a smaller class ratio size, right? What what what's the ratio? What are the sizes of the classes? So it was different uh, when I first got to Iowa because it was more of my gen ed classes. Like I took a principal of chemistry and a biology class, and those were in some big lecture halls. I think there was about three hundred people in those. But then once I got into my major. I would say the ratios were more like 1 to 15, 1 to 25-ish, somewhere like in that range. There's a couple big seminars still, but uh, generally like class sizes, they seem a lot smaller, I guess, than that. Luke, what about you? Yeah, I'd have to agree with her on the gen eds. I uh, usually, you know, big lecture halls and then maybe some smaller discussion classes. Um, but for my major, they were a little bit bigger, I would say, compared to maybe what you had, maybe more like uh, 30 or even like 40. Sometimes they had um, some just bigger classrooms at the business school. And coming from your high school, like what was, do you remember your ACT or your SAT in your unweighted GPAs? Give, give my audience and followers a kind of a sample of what it's going to take to get into Iowa. I think my ACT score was like a 24 and then my GPA was 3.9, something like that. Okay. And I, so I actually had, I had a 24 ACT too. I only took it one time. Um, and then I, my grades in high school weren't that great. I think I had, or I think I had like a 3.0 uh, GPA. So, and the reason why I like to bring this up is everyone talks about going to these sweatshirt brand schools, or you probably have friends, right? Everyone wants to go to Michigan. Everyone wants to go to Notre Dame. Everyone wants to go to UCLA, USC, Georgetown, Duke, Vanderbilt. I'm like, okay, that's like the rare. Those are like the smarty, smarty pants. There's so many other great institutions out there, Iowa being one of them. And I believe with the alumni network, do you, I'm going to put you all on the spot. Do you guys know how many alumni there are currently from the Iowa, uh, people that have graduated Iowa ever since its inception. Who wants to take a stab at that? I wouldn't even know a range. I don't even know. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Now, I'm going to give you a number. And the reason why I like to put you all on the spot like this, because it's, at the end of the day, it's all about networking. 
right? You, okay, you guys are going to major in enterprise leadership, biomedical engineer, but who are you networking with to get that job? You want to look at some of these alumni, right? There's 70,000 alumni that are Hawkeyes right now. Most of them are probably out there in the Midwest, but there's 70,000 alumni today. So there's a little uh, fact for you uh, to keep in the back of your heads. Now, when's the last time any of you have stepped foot in the library? Let's talk about your studying habits in the library. Bree's like looking at me at the camera like, uh-oh, that's a great question. Bree? The last time I've actually been in the library was probably before COVID. Ever since COVID, I've like I my study area has been my room. I I don't know. I guess I made it my comfort zone. For myself, I actually lived kind of close to it uh, my sophomore and junior year uh, in the apartments that I was in, and I didn't have a desk in my room, and so I I felt like I was really comfortable studying at like desks. So I would I would go to the library quite a bit, and I I have classes there today, uh, so I, I I go in there all, all the time. What about? Your freshman year, your sophomore year, and then Bree, obviously, when you transferred in from from Kirkwood, uh, housing. Did you live in the halls? Did you live in the resident halls? What was your living situation for people that are first first year students at Iowa? For me, I transferred and I came right into uh, an apartment. I had a friend that already went here, and she was looking for um, somebody else to live with her. And the rent at my apartment is pretty inexpensive, and it's. Um, there's city buses that take us to campus. So it was a pretty convenient location for me. Bree, if you don't mind, like his people out here, they pay a lot for rent. Give us an example. Like, and I remember how much I paid for rent when I was rooming in college. What is your rent in Iowa City? Give us an example. So for my my rent that I pay each month, actually, I guess the, for the entire apartment, it's $1,100 for a three-bedroom okay. apartment. Dang, that's like... No more than $400 per person. Yeah. I pay $366 Luke. a month. Yeah, yeah, per month. Luke, what, what about you? Yeah, so I think my might have been around like $600 to $700 a month for um, like myself. I've lived with two or three people every year. So it just kind of depended on you know where I lived. And I lived in a different apartment place each year. So is your apartments, is there, is there like a college is it a college atmosphere and vibe for the students living on campus as compared to when you're an upper class living off campus where you guys are today i guess in my building like everybody in my building is college students i think actually everybody on the street one of the other managers actually on our on the women's team just lives like he's my neighbor okay so i think this whole street is college students so i kind of get the college vibe still i think i think i get the college vibe also and like it's fun because a lot of athletes and like managers of athletes live in my building too. So we saw, we've seen each other like, you know, all the time uh, in our freshman year and kind of kept it going through our senior year. All right. Who wants to share and give experiences or any knowledge on Greek life, fraternities and sororities? Obviously, you guys are part of the basketball team. You're busy, you have academics. Do you, and Bree, you weren't a manager your first year. So maybe you can kind of, Highlight that. Do you have friends in sororities? You have friends in fraternities. What is that experience like? I actually don't have much experience at all with that. Um, I have friends that, like, I think they're in them, but they're like more in the organization, not like in the houses and stuff. I I really don't understand a lot about it. Okay, um, it's just something like n- I've never been exposed to before I went to college, so I never really learned about it while I was here either. Sure. Um, 
and I I feel like I've have quite a quite a few friends that are in the Greek life. I had like seven or eight kids from my high school that came to the University of Iowa, and I think almost all of them either tried it or at least like stuck with it, you know, throughout their four years here. And then I've met people, you know, the, the people that I live with at my dorm my freshman year, most of them, you know, joined frats, um, lived in them their sophomore year, if not their junior year too. And I know they loved it. And so I think it, as long as you just find the right fit and you find the right group of people to connect with, then I think it's great for anyone. Well, it, that's what I always like to tell parents as well as students, obviously being managers of the basketball team. That is your own fraternity. That is your own sorority. That's your group. That's your team. Those are people you hang out with as compared to other people that are involved in groups and organizations. So let's talk about that during the basketball season and even non-basketball season. What's the experience? Um, who are you hanging out with? What is there to do? Like, do you go out? Do you go to bars? Obviously, you guys are seniors now. You're over 21. What's that like? Um, what What's the nightlife like? What What are you guys doing to have fun? So yeah, like you said, now that you know I'm over, older, twenty, over twenty one, uh, and you know COVID, you know has been relaxed and everything. Definitely go downtown more on the weekends, and you know just you can see a lot of people that you haven't seen in a while at you know different bars. And there's so many different bars in Iowa City. It's pretty nice. You can just kind of hop around to whatever ones you like. Um, but if, you know, even if you're not at the bars, you can just hang out with people at your apartments. Um, you know, most of my friends are involved in athletics, so we love to watch sports. So even during, you know, fall Saturdays and Sundays, if we're not going to a bar or restaurant at night, we're watching, you know, college football, the NFL. And so I, I love that. And that's what, you know, that's what I usually do with my friends is just watching sports, hanging out and uh, just having a good time. What about you, Bree? Uh, that's actually a lot of like, Kind of what I do too. I like going downtown a lot. Like you said, the bars are pretty nice. Everything's uh, right there for you. Um, but like a lot of times, like I have a couple friends, they don't enjoy drinking quite as much. So there's like other stuff to do downtown. There's uh, stores and shops. There's some big movie theaters. Um, there's like the bowling alley. I think that's down there too. Uh, my friends like to go to the plant store that's down there. So there's a lot of like other little things to do just like downtown in Iowa City. And then obviously then like Coralville. Uh, surrounding towns there's the mall there's other like little things to do like that uh, that's what usually what I like to do so if I said in Iowa City what's your favorite restaurant if, if, if parents are in town where are they taking you to eat Bree which where do you like them to take you to eat I actually just went to Monica's this weekend that was really good I'm gonna is that that sounds like a steakhouse or Italian I think it was Italian okay Yes, I think it was Italian. Luke, your parents are in town from Minnesota. Where are they taking you? They like taking me to the Iowa River Power restaurant. Part of that's a little bit to my mom's nostalgic. She worked there when she was here at the university, and it's still you know up and going, and it's just a good place you know, on the river. So when your parents are in town, Luke, do they kind of retry and relive their college life and go, oh, let's go here, or let's go do this, or back in the day, do they talk about like bring back old places and, and try they, to – live those moments they definitely bring back old memories especially you know they come down for all the football games and they love you know they love that they've had season tickets forever but they also i mean they love going to their favorite restaurants that have been here for a long time however i don't i haven't seen them i haven't been with them at like bars or anything like that that i know were here when they were uh you know in college so i i haven't experienced that yet but they do love to just you know tell the stories um and just go to the their favorite restaurants and spots also 
All right. So a student that wants to go to Iowa, maybe they're kind of very social. They like to go out and drink. What are some of the top bars? First, I'm going to go. I think, Luke, we talked about this. Let's just say if you're over 21, where where are some of the top favorite bars in Iowa City? Sure. College yeah, I'd say Brothers, um, you know, at other Big Ten universities, that's probably pretty popular, too. But Brothers Bar and Girl, that's a good one. Um, pretty big. Uh, airliner, that's a good spot. Um, that's been around, you know, a long time also. Um, a newer one that I know people are starting to like more is El Rays. That's more of like a live music type of um, spot. So it's something a little bit different. But I would say those three are pretty popular and ones that uh, we'll go to often. Bree, you're shaking your head. Like out of those three, which one, if, if you only had to pick one, which one are you going to? I would go to El Rays. I like country music and that's, and they have live music there. That's my go-to. So do they have like the country line dancing too? <laughs> not quite that. Not, not that level. Just like, it's just everything you hear on the radio type of country music. So it's like, so it's just fun because everybody like knows the song, I guess, even if you're not into country and they have different parts of El Rays. So there's like an EDM part and then there's like one that's just other common pop music. So now, it is, it's a variety. Now I know what EDM stands for because I have college students, but people that are listening might not know what EDM stands for. Brie, it stands for? Electric dance. I don't know what the M is. Come on, music. 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 Oh, <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> So are you telling me there's different floors, different levels? Yep. Got it. So why weren't you, I'm sure, Bree, would you ever, did you ever go out or ever consider going to Indio for Stagecoach? I have never considered that, actually. I did not know about that. <laughs> that that's like the biggest country festival out there. Everyone in Southern California, it, it was just this past weekend. So oh, you can really? hear like. Uh, Thomas Rhett, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, Luke Bryan, all the big hits are out there. All right. So you kind of talked about the experiences of, of, you know, where to go eat, where the, some bars are. Let's talk about game day. Let's talk about tailgating specifically on Melrose Avenue. When I hear Melrose Avenue, I think of Los Angeles, all right, because Melrose is big out in LA. You guys probably didn't even know there's a Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, but there is. Let's talk about Melrose Avenue, Iowa City, game days. Bree, you start. What's your experience? What do you like? What do you not like? Oh, I love it because, like, as soon as you walk up to Melrose, like, it's on my way there. So I always walk. It's a long walk for me. But, like, you just, like, it, like, builds your energy. You kind of get the goosebumps. Like, all these people are out. They're ready to go. Like, er everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's tailgating. Like, you're meeting different people. Like, that is that is definitely, like, a top three thing at the University of Iowa, I would say, is game day right before, right when everybody's out and about, all the black and gold is everywhere. I love it. Luke, piggyback off of that. Sure. So my experience is a little bit different, just in the sense that like growing up, my parents took me to football games and they put on their own tailgates. But like many other people that are traveling that are not from Iowa City, there's a ton of parking lots that just have rows of cars. Everyone has their tents up, food out, uh, grills up. And just invite like all the family and friends that, you know, might be able to make the trip to Iowa City, even if they're not going to the game. So that's been my experience with tailgating. I know, uh, you know, during uh, my college time, I experienced Melrose a little bit just with, uh, you know, there might be some parties and uh, bigger tailgates that are run by, you know, student organizations or whatnot uh, just down that street. But my main experience was with my family and uh, friends that had, you know, 
tailgates with their cars in those parking lots that were near the stadium. Now, most universities, the Greek system fraternities are known for hosting a lot of big tailgate parties, and then they're walking to the stadium. I don't know how far Greek row is or fraternity row is to the stadium, but it, is there any comment, any uh, insight you can give on that? Some of them, I, I'm pretty sure some of them have um, like tailgates at houses that aren't necessarily their house, but like they're known to be at a house that's near the stadium. So that like, that's where a lot of people tailgate the sororities and fraternities are a little bit sort of spread out. Um, they're definitely like near campus, but they're just kind of in different areas. I couldn't tell you exactly which ones are where, but there's just a couple different spots. Um, and I, I know that they're, they're there. Now I always like to talk about tradition. One of the newest traditions for football happens at Kimmick stadium, your football stadium, uh, waving on the 12th floor to the Children's Hospital. And I believe, Luke, you were at the first game back in September of 2017. Bree, you probably did not know that. He actually went to that game against Wyoming. And Luke, why don't you tell my audience and followers about the wave? Sure. So it's a great tradition, as you said. But that game day, I don't remember knowing that it was you know coming. I don't remember anyone saying anything, um, you know, before the game or on the radio. I'm sure, you know, there might have been some rumors, but I just remember at the end of the first quarter, the PA announcer came over the speaker and said, "We're gonna uh, look like everyone faced the hospital that had newly been built, and we're gonna wave at the kids." And it was just such a such a cool thing because it just felt, you know, so so organic, um, and it was just uh, just so out of the out of the blue, but. They've, uh, they've done quite a bit, you know, since then it's become, you know, such a national story and, you know, now they have music that goes along with it and, you know, both teams participate um, and, you know, the officials and you can see just how big of a deal it is for everyone involved. And, you know, typically if you're watching the TV broadcasts, you know, they won't cut to commercial after the first quarter, like most uh, broadcasts would, you know, they'll stay, they'll show the wave and just the impact that it's had on, you know, those kids in the hospital. What's your experience, Bree? Oh, my experience is I just remember the first game day, like when I transferred here to Iowa and like all my roommate would talk about was how excited she was for the wave. Like she wasn't excited for the game. The team that we were playing, we knew we were probably going to win. And she was like, like we were, we were going to do the wave. We weren't going to the game. And like, I don't know, that kind of like made me excited about it. And then like to actually see it is just like, that's another like just chills moment. Like everybody especially like night games when people turn their lights on too. And it's just like such a cool acknowledgement. Like the children's hospital here is such a big, like everybody knows what it is. A lot of people have so many connections to it. So it's like, I, I just love how they like, they really emphasize to bring those kids like that smile on their face and like really acknowledge it. I think that is such a cool tradition. So when you first heard the wave, were you thinking the wave, like we're just going to stand up and do the, the wave wave or like, oh, they're actually waving to the hospital on the 12th floor. Because uh, if someone told me wave, I'm thinking the wave, how I grew up, everyone just stands up when it's your turn, right? <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, Michael. Uh, I, say, I didn't really think about, about it that way. Just because when they started it, like I was already watching Iowa games. So like, I just, I guess I found out from watching it first. Heartland Trophy. All right, because my daughter goes to Wisconsin and I thought it was the Axe versus University of Minnesota. And then I start hearing about they have a rivalry with Iowa called the Heartland Trophy. Then 
there's probably a rivalry with Nebraska, but what to, to you, when you guys play, I don't care in football or basketball, what school do you hate? Who's your rival? Who do you consider your rival and who do you hate? Because I know who Minnesota hates. The Minnesota manager, you know who he hates, Luke? <laughs> he probably hates Iowa. If I just assume oh. he Oh, Wisconsin too. He also. hates Wisconsin. He goes, I yeah. hate to say it, Michael. He goes, I hate yeah. Wisconsin athletics. I'm like, yeah. you're actually the first person I know that hates it. But yeah. so tell me, Luke Bree, when it comes to rivalry, who do you who do you guys hate? Or, I don't want to say hate, but who do you who does your team dread the most and who do you want to beat the most? Well, so being from Minnesota growing up, I really did not like them just because my friends, you know, they'd constantly just be thinking that they would, you know, we're going to win. And, you know, Iowa athletics throughout my lifetime has definitely had the upper hand on them. Um, and when I got to college and a couple of years before college too, like Iowa State started to feel that way a little bit. Also, like they maybe had a little bit of new money um, with their new head coach, Matt Campbell. Uh, who's done a great job, but like still not being Iowa, you know, I feel like we still sort of uh, own them a little bit. And I've been to, you know, every game, uh, you know, during my time here. And so that's been, that's been fun. I, I really don't like them and just beating them year in and year out has been a great time. Bree, what about you? Oh, for me, it's, it kind of varies, like, especially like what sport. And I think mine kind of depends on the year too. I think for basketball wise, like Maryland and Indiana would probably might be my top two. And then football, it's just uh, – that one changes a lot, actually, I think. Well, and you, and you all are going to be good again next year. You guys went to the Big Ten Championship for football. I think this year Wisconsin comes out to Iowa. I, I already have my road game scheduled, but my goal and my bucket list is to go to a Kimmick Stadium game. I want to be part of the wave, hopefully if it's a night game. Uh, but you guys will be long gone by then. Maybe you'll introduce me. You could tell me who another manager is I can go network with. Um, let's talk about the manager position. Is anyone on partial scholarship get some type of stipend? Because I know when I was a manager, we got paid, but it's different these days. So, Bree, I'm going to start with you. First, are you the senior manager? Do you work under someone? How many managers are there? How many are getting paid? Uh-huh. So there's six managers total. And my head manager, his name's Will. He's been there, I think, two and a half years this year. And he's actually coming back. He'll be a grad assistant next year. And then the – so this is my second year. And it works kind of like a pyramid or a ladder. So the first year, we made like 25% of our tuition. Second year, 50%, 75%. And then you get a full scholarship is what I've heard for your fourth year. Bree, I'm just telling you that's better than most universities out there today. I think Luke, when you're you're telling me that because other universities, I mean, they just some just show up, they get paid maybe just by gear, hourly worker, but not not like how I'm accustomed to it, and that's tuition. So, Luke, what about the men's side? Yeah, so same thing like Bree said, how it's staggered. You know, twenty five, fifty, seventy five, one hundred. Um, also, the head manager for. Uh, both teams gets um, a little bit of a stipend, which is really nice. And, you know, you mentioned it, Michael, the gear, um, you know, we also typically get food almost every day, uh, all the perks of traveling with the team and whatnot. But yeah, it's definitely different. And I think it's different because, you know, and Bree can attest to this, but there's only six or seven managers, um, you know, with the basket with our team. And that's how it is too. Or men's team, that's how it is too. Um, but like we're constantly there, you know, we have a lot of responsibility. It's not like, you know, oh, we might show up for practice, you know, a couple of times a week. It's like, no, like you are 
at practice or at all the games you know most of us travel uh quite a bit and like i was on every road trip the last two years so it's it's you know it's just kind of different than maybe other schools that have you know 15 or 20 managers and some of the coaches don't know their names or uh you know they just they don't have the same experience as us uh-huh. favorite road trip brie oh uh, the big 10 tournament for sure why oh uh, it was cool to be in indianapolis and the other managers that i worked with they were like it was they're all guys they were a like group of very fun guys first of all so like they were just kind of showing me around and stuff while the team would go and have their video uh, like all their film sessions stuff like that and then the games there were a lot of fun it was fun to play like be on that court in the Pacers arena like and the just like everything surrounding it it was just exciting every team being there you could well, you're walking by fans and you're hearing everybody yell go Hawks and like you just kind of get into it you kind of buy into it and it was just that was a really cool experience and then obviously how it ended was amazing it was a lot of fun luke favorite road experience and it doesn't have to be the big 10 tournament doesn't have to be jordan bohana's three-point shot yeah so i'm gonna touch on this year's big 10 tournament a little bit that was obviously incredible just being a part of that you know big 10 tournament championship um and to do it like our last two games when we beat teams that were from indiana that was phenomenal too i mean just a regular uh no regular season road trip though i do like um i like going back to minnesota i actually really do enjoy the arena and just that road trip in general it's a bigger city the hotel is very nice it's just a cool town and uh cool experience in general and then also i, I like michigan's arena too um indiana's arena is awesome but there i mean you can't you can't go wrong with a lot of big Ten arenas even like you know some older ones purdue like purdue like purdue's phenomenal environment so i i enjoy that part of the, the manager experience and just being able to go to different arenas. Well, the barn in Minnesota, I've never been there, but I do want to go there. Do they, I'm going to ask for the girl side and the boy side or the men's side and the, and the women's side. Do they teach rolling off the floor during the practice? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, we, uh, I'm trying to think we've, we haven't actually like had a set practice there too many times. I think my freshman year might've been the only one. And I remember leaving a little bit early, but I remember people talking about it and just like, I know it's definitely something that we talk about because, you know, if you're going to dive after loose balls, then you got to be ready to slide off the floor. And I think for the women's side, it was more just like a, like a warning. It wasn't like they didn't really do much more than that. They just, we all kind of talked about how tough it would be to practice with the balls flying off. I remember rebounding before the game and I took off in a dead sprint because I didn't want to have to jump off that court again to go grab the ball and stuff like that. Right. Right. So, both of you guys are on a team with a superstar athlete. Bree, you have Caitlin Clark, who's a sophomore. Uh, and then, Luke, you have Keegan Murray, that's a sophomore. That's probably, I think, declared uh, for the NBA draft. What is it like? Uh, I mean, they're just normal college students. They're just normal students. But people that really follow basketball think of them in a different, in a different light or different view. Like, what's your experience being around them? I'll start with you, Luke. Sure. So like you said, I was around Keegan this year, who was, you know, uh, one of the finalists for the National Player of the Year. And then Luca Garza won it last year, and then he was runner-up two years ago. So I've, I've seen, you know, quite a bit of just phenomenal talent uh, during my time as a manager. And I just think 
the way that they conduct themselves and just the type of people they are is really cool for me to see. They're very respectful. They treat us managers well. Um, they just go about their day and they, you know, just hold themselves to a high standard too. So I, that's been one thing that's been really encouraging to me is they're not like, you know, some, you know, cocky athlete, right. but instead they just, uh, they do a good job of uh, being respectful towards everyone and just uh, keeping their head down and doing their work. Bree, what about your experience with Caitlin? I could actually say a lot of the same things about, about that. Oh, especially her, like, I was very intimidated going into being a manager. I was like, okay, these are like amazing athletes, like well-known, all that stuff. So I kind of thought with all of them, like I was like, they're never going to know my name. They're not going to know who I am, like stuff like that. And like every single one of them would go out of their way to tell me like, hey, Brie, how's your day going? Like ask about my classes, stuff like that. I just think that's like really cool because like they don't they don't have to do that. I have enough respect for them. Like they wouldn't have to, but they're just like that nice of people to go out of their way and like to acknowledge me at the banquet and stuff like they acknowledge me for like my work that I did there and stuff like that. And I just think that's really cool of them to do. Well, do we know what we're doing after graduation? Luke, what's the high level? Uh, Obviously you might have to come back on the hiring manager, right? That's my mini episode, my series of helping college grads uh, with the career search and career search process. Luke, what are we doing after graduation? Sure. So I'm still trying to you know, figure it out and weigh my options. Um, been talking to a lot of people, been trying to just figure out what's best for me. I came into this experience uh, wanting to work in sports and I still definitely want to you know, pursue that career, but I'm not entirely sure what uh, you know, department or uh, just, you know, I guess, industry within, within sports. You know, I don't know if that's coaching or administration or just something, anything within the sports industry. Um, so I've been you know, learning how to do interviews uh, learning how to just have conversations with people and network. And uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure it out and hopefully can have a decision by this summer. But I've also been learning that it's better to you know, get it right versus get it fast. And so I'm trying to just make the, the right decision for myself for my career path. Well, Luke, I told you anytime you want to role play and Bree goes out to you too. Uh, I've hired a lot of people and I've, I've Luke, I'm not going to say anything. Can you give a good testimonial to Bree before she, we jumped on and started recording? Would it be beneficial? Absolutely. And just, I mean, the two minutes that we practice, <laughs> that just kind of gave me, a, that enlightened me a little bit or a lot. And I would love to, you know, continue to just practice and learn what I can do to help myself out in interviews and conversations. The, the aha moment. So Bree, what, what are you going to do uh, after graduation? So after graduation, I'll still stay in Iowa City here for the summer. Um, I haven't had like a lot of opportunities to go apply for a bunch of jobs, but my goal is to, uh, I like I've like you said earlier, I'm from Iowa, so I kind of want to try something different. I'm trying to go to the East Coast for a biomedical engineering job, but as of right now, I don't have any solid plans. If there's one piece of advice you can give to any student or parent listening on the college search and admission process, and then they don't have to be a student manager in college, what would it be? Bree, I'm going to start with you. Uh, like, do you mean like in the process of like picking a ch- college or like when you get to college advice? How about let's go with both because if you had to do it all over again, like what's what, what are one or two things that stand out during the search and admission process and then actually when you're there? Um, in the choosing uh, college process I think the biggest thing is like you have to know yourself especially like if you're that student like 
you know what you want, you know where you want to go. And like on your visit, you'll get a feel of like, okay, this feels homey to me. I feel comfortable here. I like the atmosphere, the people around, stuff like that. And then my advice when you get into college, meet as many people as you possibly can. I know like if you're shy, like make that your biggest goal is to overcome that and to talk to as many people as you can. Luke. So I would say cast your net wide, try to figure out, or at least just maybe, uh, you know, see different places, as many different places as you can. You know, I know uh, it can be tough. You know, you don't want to, it can be stressful and, you know, you don't have to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life when you're junior or senior in high school, but just go into the idea of, or go into, you know, visits with an open mind. Um, and, you know, worst thing that can happen is you find something that you don't want to do or a place that you don't want to go. And so I would just try to cast your net as wide as possible. Um, so that way you can just make the best decision. Well, there you have it. You just heard it from Luke Slavens and Bree Menton, both seniors, student managers of the women's basketball team and men's basketball team joining the student manager podcast, helping high school students and parents with the college search admission process. It's been great having you two on. I know we'll keep in touch and I wish you the best during graduation in the upcoming weeks and to your next future endeavors. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Michael.